Hey, all you listeners, it's Maylee Thomas, and time for another Texas homegrown music, and I've got a great show for you today. I've got Wayne Sutton, Bill Palmer, a new record they just released called Terlingua. These guys are Texas dudes that grew up around here. By way of spending time in other places as well, I know that Bill will talk about his time a couple decades in Santa Fe, but he's always had a love and a heart for Texas. So he ended up back in Terlingua. These guys got together. They put out this wonderful record. I know you're going to love it, and I can't wait to share the stories that they have behind them as well. Before I do, though, I'm going to sing a song for you called Give It Away, and it's about giving love to one another and what it is that we're actually supposed to do here on earth, the purpose that we have. I believe it's all about relationship. You know my hippie vibe, peace, love, and kindness, baby. That's what's going to make this world better. So I'll be right back right after this song with Wayne Sutton and Bill Palmer talking about their new release called Terlingua. Give it 
blasted off the shelf You gotta give Give a little bit of yourself Give it away Give it away Give it away Oh, don't you be afraid Just Well, here we are back on Texas Homegrown Music and my guests Bill Palmer and Wayne Sutton with their new record, Terlingua, that just came out recently. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. Hey. So, um, first of all, Bill and Wayne, you know, I I know a lot more about Wayne because of my relationship, of course, with Patrice Pike and all of that that Wayne has done with her. And Bill, just by looking at your... You know, when I looked you up on Google, I was like, how in the world did I not know this guy? Because of all the things that you've done in Texas music, all the artists that you've played with, and certainly everything that you've done living in Austin and now now down in South Texas. Start out by just talking to me about how you guys got together, how this whole um, project got together, and how you guys are now taking off with this wonderful duo that you have. I know it's a band, but really the bottom line, it's just the two of you. And how wonderful it is to work together with like-minded guys like you are. Wayne, you want to take this one? Well, I first met Bill. um, Early on, Patrice played me a cassette of the Sharecroppers. And I really loved that. And I just really didn't think, I like it was always in the back of my head that that was something that I really liked and thought about. And I didn't know Bill at the time. She had just told me, you know, someday you're going to meet this guy, Bill. You're going to really like him a lot. And it was years later that we actually met. And we were on tour. I was on tour with Patrice. And we did a live show slash recording at a studio called Frogville in Santa Fe where Bill was running that studio at the time and we met and uh we hit it off pretty quick you know i told bill at some point i thought he was kind of kind of giving me the music business stuff because we got along so well i kind of i was kind of thought maybe he was kind of you know <laughs> doing that thing being a businessman <laughs> i realized knowing him all this time that that's not bill's way but at the time, i was like this is this feels a little too good to be true but it wasn't it was it was exactly right and uh <laughs> We met then and hit it off. Like I said, we kind of ran into each other a couple more times. We worked on the Pike and Sutton record there at Frogville where I got to hang out with Bill some more. And I knew that I really wanted to make an acoustic record. I'd always wanted to make one. And I had a feeling that Bill was like the perfect guy to do that. So when the pandemic came, I called Bill up and I was like, hey, I'd written all these songs. I was like, man, I want to make a record out there in the desert somewhere. I knew he'd been recording in Big Ben. And he was like, yeah, man, we can record in the church. And that kind of freaked me out to record in the church in Trilingual. I thought that was amazing. I've been going to Big Ben my whole life. So I was pretty excited. It was great. Uh, about the fourth out of five days, we realized that we sang really great together. Oh, man, do you ever, you that, guys, I'm telling it was you. kind of the end of that record that we kind of got those harmonies going. And we were like, man, we got to do a lot more of this. Yeah, we, did, yeah. we didn't even realize that we were going to take that angle. But we were, you know, we were recording in the old St. Agnes Church in Terlingua. And it was, you know, it was me and Wayne and 
so we were coming up with all the ideas and it was like, okay, what do we have available to us? Well, we've got Wayne's Telecaster. We've got a couple of acoustic guitars. I've got a bass, you know, we've got some percussion and things like that. And, and it was somewhere along the way that we were listening back to one of the songs and Wayne had sung his own harmonies on that. But I found this other part, or at least this is the way I remember it. I found this other part in there and was just kind of singing along to the playback. And Wayne was like, do it. And so it was like, whoa, we didn't even think that what, what we have available to each other is our voices, you know, yeah. in, in this real sparse sort of, sort of setting. It's like, well, we have our, our beautiful instrument of our voices. And so that's a... Uh, well, speaking of voices, somebody's, somebody's doggy's not happy back there. Yeah. He's, maybe he yeah, is happy. Sorry. He's trying to talk to somebody. Yeah, well, there's no doubt in my mind that as soon as he heard you sing, that he had to have you on the record. Because when I hear you guys together on this project, it's amazing. Well, thank you for saying that. And I, I think that that really what happened was we went back and and started to re, rework all of the material, uh, the the sort of the vocals, and we, <laughs> and, and we were like you know, this is kind of like Crosby, Stills, and Nash or something. And that was kind of a little bit of a totem for us during that is like, wow, you know, having these men singing together like this in this way is something pretty special. I mean, there are a lot of harmonies out there and stuff, but I don't know, just something about Wayne and I, we just have this kind of sensibility of how to match each other and how to kind of float around with these melodies and harmonies together. So, Well, clearly a lot of that comes from the fact that you guys have been playing music for a long time and it's really nice whenever you get thrown into a situation with someone and you immediately recognize that they can hear mm -hmm. um, where they need to go with your voice do you know what I mean mm -hmm. and it's like um, it, it, I, most of the time now in my life because I'm so much older and I do get thrown into those situations a lot um, I I have to rely on you know that that part of me that's um that knows where to go because of all the years of singing and playing. And, and clearly, you know, you guys, you guys have like a bro, uh, romance. <laughs> I, I see it. Um, and I love it. I think that's what makes this work so much is that you guys have such a respect for each other in your craft. And also it seems like both of you have a very easygoing um, way of looking at life. Mm -hmm. I think so for the most and you don't take it too seriously for the most part I think that's kind of part of of, of Wayne and of our success um, is that we both have been around we're veterans of this we've both kind of tried to be rock stars we both you know had lots of successes in the past but we're we're also both you know in our 50s now and we're at this time in our lives when we really don't take it that seriously and I think that there's something very contagious about that. And uh, I think that that people see that in us and they hear that in us and something about kind of letting go. It's that sort of like detachment thing and letting go of a lot of those expectations all of a sudden opens up a lot of possibilities. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, honestly, I think um, I know that the people that I am around are drawn to that idea mm -hmm. and especially in musicians these days, because 
I mean, you see what's, it, it's a whole different game now. I mean, you've got this social media frenzy where you feel like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be successful, you got to have so many people liking your page and you've got to put content out there every single day. And it gets in the way of the creative process to me. And it also gets in the way of, of why we're doing this. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I got into singing music because I got so much out of it myself. And I wanted to, I felt like I had a message that I wanted to give and I wanted to bring something to people that they could actually feel and appreciate. And it wasn't really about the money because if it was about the money, I would have quit immediately. I mean, um, I, you know, I had to work three jobs when I first started playing music just to be able to play music because I couldn't afford to live on what I was making in in clubs and dive bars yeah would you agree with that or wayne i do i mean i'm a school teacher yeah so i'm still not making enough money i probably could make enough money if i wanted to change my lifestyle a little bit but i think really um sorry i kind of lost my train of thought i think there's something to be said because we do we do take it seriously but we're just not precious with it yeah right that makes sense and i think that's really the thing i learned uh recording with bill is to not be so precious with everything. And there are a lot of times we're recording. I'm just like, oh, I got to do this again. Or I got to, he's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Let's listen to it again. Let's listen to this again tomorrow. And I'll listen to it tomorrow. I'm like, all right, that's great. And it's also, it's taking that same thing into playing live. You know, we are, we are relying on our talent and experience. Well, I, I kind of yeah. like that. We don't have to, we don't, it doesn't have to be so precious. Well, I like you those nuances. I like the fact that, um, you know, I can hear that breath or I, you know, and, or maybe, maybe that crackle in a certain note where some people would go, oh, you need to go back and fix it. I, I, I on this next segment, I really want to talk a lot more about Bill and his recording process, because I know that's something that you were really drawn to, Wayne. And I think it's a uh-huh. real beautiful thing when you find a musician that has the character that Bill does to be able to bring that into a studio and bring out the best in somebody instead of just completely annihilating their style by making them sing a note over and over again or right, or right. pick something apart to the place where you start questioning your own ability mm-hmm. because the producer or the engineer is, is saying things like, are you happy with that? What do you think about that? Do, you know, I think we need to fix this or that instead of giving you an opportunity to actually listen to the whole thing and take it in, take into account that you're trying to give them a message through the whole song and not just one word or one line or one thing that you think. And and, and, re- and remember, this is extremely subjective. Well, I, I, our I, whole world sure, is I, subjective. I, I, I'd like to go back and, and speak to something that Wayne said earlier. And I think the whole idea of it not needing to be precious and specifically when he was talking about how he would do something, he'd be like, I need to do that again. I'd be like, no, I think with Wayne and I, we trust each other so much and we have so much experience and we've been around uh, a lot. Um, and so <clears throat> I think when you surround yourself with people like that, you really can trust the other person. And it's also, you know, the whole process is like, I know that Wayne, what comes naturally out of Wayne is really good. And so, and I also know that he's always wanting to be better, but at some point I might be able to recognize something in a performance where I'm like, Hey man, Wayne, I think you should step back and take a look at that because there's something that maybe you didn't even really intend there, but it's, it's your soul coming out and your soul is beautiful. So let's let that live for a little while and see what we think about it down the road. 
Well, at, with that, I'm going to play a song off your new record called Miss Texas. All right. Um, and I, I don't know. I, this song is about Texas. It's about Miss Texas and the whole of, of Texas. Tell, tell us something that you would like people to actually listen for in this song. Well, I mean, I like the musical content of the song really a lot. Uh, Wayne and I, our guitars are really snaking. To, it's like a bag of snakes. You can't really tell who's playing lead guitar at, at any given time. We both played acoustic guitars. We both played electric guitars. I actually played the drums and bass on this one. Um, but it, it was really, a lot of my music is, is can tend to be kind of forlorn. But in the case of this one, it was actually about sort of finding something really beautiful and, um, and really appreciating... Um, Texas, because at the time I was living in New Mexico and I really missed Texas and I was wanting to move back to Texas. And so it, it really spoke to me in that way. And it may or may Wayne? not, it may or may not have been about a person as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll leave that up to the listener. That's it's the It's always of it. about a person, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somehow, some way, I feel like so many times when we write a song, I mean, I, 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 <clears throat> I know that sometimes we write about a place, we write about a thing, but most of the time when we write about a feeling, no matter what it is, it's either something that we ourselves have experienced or something that we've experienced through someone else or for someone else. Yeah. But Wayne, how about <clears throat> you? How do you feel about his explanation of that? I'm pretty spot on. That was, it was a song. We were kind of trading songs back and forth. I mean, we're still doing that right now because we're about to uh, record again here in about a month. And that one just, I, I was like, man, that song is so good. I think that was really the thing. Miss Texas was probably the one that, that I was like, hey, let's do a record together. Like, that was, that's a that's a really good yeah. song. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I, I just, I dig you guys so much. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about some things that I want to ha see happen. But um, this is Terlingua, their new record that Bill Palmer and Wayne Sutton have come out with a song called Miss Texas. And you guys, you need to go, I mean, however you get your music, get this record now. And I'm not going to tell you how to get it because, you know, sadly, I, like you guys, get those checks every month with the .002 from <laughs> Napster and all these other platforms that people grab their music from. But the bottom line is I know you're like me. You just want to get the message out there and hopefully make a little bit of money in the process. But here we are, Miss Texas by Bill Palmer and Wayne Sutton. We'll be right back here on Texas Homegrown Music.
guys we're back on texas homegrown music with bill palmer and wayne sutton and you guys just heard miss texas off of their new record terlingua uh, that they recorded down in south texas um by way of uh bill coming back to texas from santa fe so bill i don't know i if i was gonna ever move to somewhere outside of texas that would definitely be one of my spots i just i'm not a winter girl and i don't think i could handle that cold weather too much well, there was a time when I was younger, about 25 years ago, maybe a little, yeah, about 25 years ago when, you know, I was trying to make it in the Austin scene. I'd been in a successful band, but we dissolved and I was trying to get my feet back up underneath me and, and, uh, I was really struggling. So I was doing a lot of carpentry to make ends meet. And then I ended up in Santa Fe because some friends were up there and it was actually a good music scene then. It is not now, but, um, I ended up up there and I ended up making this record and I engineered it myself, though I didn't really know what I was doing, but the local radio picked it up and started spinning it. And then I would come back to Austin and I was I would be out on a construction crew and I'd get a phone call and somebody would be like, hey, man, will you come to Santa Fe and make me one of those? And so eventually I was just like, hey, you know, I'm one of about 500 guys or a thousand guys in Austin, you know, who, who's trying to do this. But in Santa Fe, I'm one of like just two or three. And and I had a gift for it. So I just kind of stayed there and I made a nice living and with a partner built a, a really badass studio and we, uh, you know, were successful for a while. But uh, Santa Fe began to really dry up a few years ago. And then when the COVID thing happened, it just really lost any appeal to me because everything was just shut down and, and my business struggled and I couldn't play any shows and my kids were gone. And and so I was, I was really dreaming of getting back to Texas and... Uh, built this cabin here in, in, um, Terlingua. And that's now where my studio is. And, and what brought you to Terlingua? Did you always have a heart for that area? Yeah. I've been, I've been coming out here for 25 years 
and I just fell in love with it. And I always wanted to be here, but I would find myself in Austin or Santa Fe, you know, and raising kids. And I wasn't going to raise kids here in Terlingua in the schools here. Now I think it would have probably been better, but at the time I, I wasn't, I wasn't into that, but, um, yeah. And so the, the opportunity, um, uh, my wife and I at the time, uh, built this place and, and secured this place. And I would be back in Santa Fe and just always thinking about Terlingua always. And so I'd come down here and work on a project and then I would go back to Santa Fe and I would always just have this sense of sort of dread going back to Santa Fe. And so, uh, when the opportunity came up here a couple of months ago, I was just like, okay, I'm going to Terlingua full time. And so, and now I've booked a, a good number of records here. So it's feeling like it's, it was, well, tell a, it was us the about right. the studio. Cause I, you know, people that are listening and a lot, a lot of musicians listen to the show and I'd love for them to have the opportunity to reach out to you and see about having a, you know, cutting a session with you. Well, it's a very unconventional setup. It's, it's in my, in my house here, but I'm also mobile. That's kind of my main thing is I, I take my rig. I take a, a bunch of nice mics and, and, uh, guitars and, and outboard gear and speakers and stuff and set up anywhere. So like, Wayne and I made his Blue Worm record in the in the old church in the ghost town. We would be in there working during the day with a you know a, a kind of a skeleton crew of my rig, and then we would go over to the Starlight and get us a couple of margaritas, and then head back over and work some more. And it just the conventional studio thing for me is not where where I'm at. A lot of it was because I've always been a poor musician, and I just never could afford to be in those. So I developed this skill for people like me who can do things really affordably, but in kind of more ideal settings. You know, if you're in some well, really I, cool I place. I don't know about you guys, but I think I've noticed a trend of a lot of people doing their recording. I mean, out of their homes or out of, you know, another unconventional place. Yeah. I can't think of a better place to do it than some old church, though. I think well, that would be really, really well, cool, well, Wayne. Did, what, did you really enjoy that? I mean, it had to be so cool. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, uh, my favorite part was watching Bill try to chase the birds out. <laughs> they were they were all nested in the church. So I've got a lot of good videos in my back pocket. Of Bill Bill running around half naked trying to, trying to chase the birds half out. naked in church <laughs> with a Lone Star in my hand. I love it. It was great. It was it was uh, it was a great experience. Well, and so I mean, tell we, us a little bit about... We had just about, as much fun. We had just as much fun, like, in, in his place, you know, his yeah. house. But uh, tell us a little cool bit about that picture. record. I know this is about you and, and Bill's record, Terlingua, but um, also, you know, you guys are both talking about... You both have had these solo careers and had these careers beyond what you're doing together. Um, tell me about that record that you did there with him. Um, it's really special to me. It was, you know, like a lot of people, when the everything shut down... I mean, for me, it, uh, it was really great just because I had some space, you know, I had some space to write and I wrote a ton of songs and I, had, and I hadn't written any songs for about eight years. Okay. And that January, I had just started writing again in this, in this song group and started pumping out some songs. And all of a sudden I had a, a bunch of great songs that I really liked and I really felt like it was important to document. I didn't know, you know, none of us knew what was happening or how long it was going to last but at the at the time, and everything was so shut down and quiet, it seemed really important to me to like document what was going on. Talking about the whole, and I feel like I, I feel like I did. Like I feel like those songs are so informed by what was going on. You're talking about during COVID and you being a teacher too. Yeah. I mean, how much did it change your life? 
Um, at, at when it first started, it was awesome because they, because I'm a music teacher, they were really trying to minimize the workload. So all I had to do online was come up with one assignment a week. Nice. And the kids, the kids could choose whatever art they had to do, like one art assignment. Okay. So I mean, I really wasn't really doing anything. <laughs> I, I walked about. Sounds like you're writing about, songs. I was walking about 12 miles a day around my neighborhood, writing songs, swimming in the lake. You know, I was, I was having a, it was just like a big deep breath for me. I like to be able to relax. And then you went down to Terlingua. I mean, you went down there. Yeah. To Terlingua um, during COVID to record with Bill. Yeah. There was, it was a very hot and it was during COVID. So there weren't, I mean, there weren't, there's not, I don't think there's a lot of people in Terlingua in August anyway. But it was, oh, it was, but a mixture of, mixture of COVID and heat. And there was just, you know, the starlight was the busiest place I'd gone in in a year. And there were like 20 people in there. And I was like, Whew. but it was, it was really, <laughs> are, we like, are we okay? It feels like you're okay. Yeah. It was, it was really hot, you know, when we did that. And the Rio Grande was running really full that year and, and, and cold water that they were releasing from a, from a reservoir over in Mexico that was running in. And so in the mornings, Wayne and I would drive down to Lajitas to the to the Rio Grande crossing, and we would just go, oh, we'd crack some Lone Stars, and we would just, oh, and we'd sit there and cool off real good and then go to work. It was the best. It's the best <laughs> you, way. I, I, hey, so, listen, as much yeah. as you guys like Lone Star, you guys need to get them to back you up. I know. I mean, they should, they should be... They should be playing, pay, paying you guys to go out on tour and talk about their beer. I mean, we're trying to, seriously, I don't think we're trying to get a yeah, we can make that we're trying to get the Lone Star pipeline run out here to Terlingua. A friend of mine had the idea. <laughs> it's not what you think. It's a it's a pipeline that runs a tap to everyone's house with cold Lone Star. <laughs> I'm all for it. That's, that's the one pipeline I bet a lot of people could get. Involved, you know, be be before. Be what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> But the whole idea, well, the whole idea behind the church, and even here at my place, and and Wayne and I definitely live it up when we work together, and and we have a good time together, and we'll go out at night and sit under the stars after we kind of exhausted ourselves from recording, and we'll put on records and just sit out and just sort of you know enjoy the evening, and you know I have people contacting me about making records here, and they're like, okay, what is this going to be like? And I said, okay, well the only prerequisite is that you're going to have to get in my old truck with me and I'm going to take you for a little drive through the desert. And then we'll start recording. Oh, wow. So, so put them in that mindset. Yeah. So and, they so yeah. they know where they are and they know yeah. what's around. And, and I think it has this sort of like disarming sort of effect where people don't feel like, okay, we're on the clock here. We got to do this, this, this. And it's more like, hey, we're living here. We're having, a, we're, we're living our lives and we're having a good old well, time. Well, it sounds like it's kind of a religious experience. And the only reason I say religious, because that a lot of people can, you know, they can gravitate to what that really means. It's an inward kind of um, effect on you. And I, I don't know. That's why I say I, yeah, I have not had that beauty of being able to go record somewhere like that. Well, I'm always in a studio in a city where I, 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 my first record was done out in Sausalito when I had literally, I was in the same studio that Metallica was in from 12 to seven at night. I was there from eight till 11, you know, during the day. And, um, and it was like what you were talking about. It's just hardcore pushed to the nth and you're exhausted by the end of the day and they've tweaked your to a point of just i don't know i just it was not a good experience (laughs) i don't i I don't think that's what we're doing is it (laughs) 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 
We're, we're trying to stay half dressed. <laughs> it sounds like it. I, I need to see some of that video. I mean, I, I want to see some of that video of him half naked running those birds out of the church. <laughs> well, you know, Wayne and I, a lot of times when we're recording, we'll just be wearing cut off britches and flip flops. But when it really gets hot, we're just wearing flip flops. <laughs> I hear you. It's like the naked drummer. <laughs> Well, you know, part of what I think what makes this work, you guys, for for y'all and for me now knowing the relationship is the relationship. And isn't it beautiful that you guys are making music that's going to live on beyond you guys for sure, right? That's the beauty of what we do when we record music and put it out there. But also um, this connection, because I, I, I tell people all the time when they say, I'm trying to find my purpose in life. And I'm like, you know what? Our, I feel like our purpose in life is all about relationships Mm -hmm. it's relational and what you know what what we uh give and then in in return if we give we automatically receive because it's going to come back and you guys have this real cool connection like i said it's a it's definitely a bromance even though both of you i mean i know bill you've been married had kids and i know wayne you're married with kids but i'd love to see guys being able to make this kind of connection and i know i can tell that you guys appreciate it and you know how how really special it is well that's the thing you know we don't really have anything to hide or anything to prove it's just we we love each other and we mm-hmm. and we respect each other, and I think that's really the fundamental thing with any musicians. You know, I mean, I've been kind of a sideman in bands for years, and Wayne has too, and we've kind of watched the goings on. We both played with women throughout our lives, and it. I think for both of us, it's very refreshing to you know be playing with a brother instead of you know and and and, and I mean nothing. I, I love playing with women. Don't get me wrong, and I and I will continue to do so, but. There's just something that I think that's been very uh, uh, refreshing for us with this setup. Well, talk to me about this next song I'm getting ready to play called In the Shadows. Um, I wrote, that was the first song I wrote after we made the Blue Worm record. I mean, I think I drove home Sunday and wrote that song Tuesday. So it's very, it's very informed by the vibe of Chilingua and, and being in the church and then also uh, pieces of conversation that Bill and I had over that week are kind of stuck in there here yeah. and there. I love that. Well, I'm going to play it right now. And um, and when we come back, I want to talk about where we can find you guys. I hope you guys are going to come out. And I, I definitely want you to come in my neck of the woods soon. Um, might have to have you at my place. I can tell that it's one of those nights that if we have you play, you're going to have to tell your stories and people will, it kind of reminds me of, remember the, remember the VH1 storytelling series where people, I I loved that. I miss that. I miss, you know, I miss getting, getting to feel what people really had behind the music. So in the shadows from Terlingua, Bill Palmer, Wayne Sutton on Texas Homegrown Music right here. We come back, we'll talk some more about how this bromance is continuing. Don't know how You've been standing 
Well, I can't tell you guys how much I've enjoyed getting to know the two of you, and I I feel like I've had this special seat into your souls, and um, I, I I don't know. I wish that I could be that woman y'all played with because I can tell you guys bring a lot to the table, and I I think it's wonderful, well, and well, and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful connection that you have, not just musically, but also just in your friendship and love for one another. Um, Talk to me about um, where you see yourselves going. I think you said you're working on another project. Do you guys um, have any plans to go out on the road? I know it's kind of difficult because of, you know, your day-to-day lives with um, Wayne, you teaching, and I know Bill with you recording. But I sure hope you guys have a plan to do that. Yeah. I mean, we, we will do things that make sense to us and uh, make sense to our lives, and, and, and nothing more and nothing less. And so Wayne comes out here to Terlingua a good bit. It's, a, it's an excellent music scene here. It's so much better than, than Santa Fe, and really one of the best ones. It's because it's so concentrated and small and, and supportive, and, and so we, we like to make the rounds. Tell me about that. What, do you, what, do you, how, you know, what, what is it about Terlingua that makes it such a great scene? Do you have a lot of live music venues? Yes. Do you have? There, are currently, okay. there are currently six venues that we can play any night of the week. And, uh, okay. and, and I, I, you know, Wayne and I, they love. They, You're talking about two, two square miles yeah, maybe, right? Yeah. And they love us, and they, they're always asking, like, when, is, when are you and Wayne going to, you know, play again. So it's a very loving. Have you thought about doing a live record at one of the places? Yeah, it could happen at some point. It's certainly the Starlight Theater would be a good place or something like that because the acoustics in there are really good. But, you know, there's some other, you know, smaller bars that we really, really love. And it's just like this family and the people here, 
you know, one of the things about people out in the desert is they get into town to interact with people. And I think in cities, you're always around people. So all you want to do is get home and be home. And I think here, you know, you're hanging around at home and there's no one around and you're like, hey, I need to go get some, have some people in my life tonight. So there's that. And that, and that, and that's really conducive to a, to a strong music community. But we also play around the Austin area. We just did a run of shows there that was very successful and very beautiful. And um, Wayne and I... Where were you at in Austin? All over the place. We, we, did, we, did, a, we did a good little run. But one of the things Wayne and I realized is, like, even in, if we play in a place where the people don't necessarily know who we are, we've d- developed a little bit of a following where people are coming to every show, and uh, which is really nice. But also that... We win every night, every night, even if people don't know, <laughs> even if people don't know who we are and they just see us as a couple old guys with beards over in the corner. By the end of the night, everyone's on our side and everyone is, is a fan. And, and I think that's a really important thing for us wherever we end up going. Well, a lot of that, Bill, is because you guys exemplify that when you play. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly you guys enjoy it so much that people feel that. I mean, you know, when, when you go out, I know, I, of course, I see I see shows differently than most people because I'm always looking at, I, I go to a concert. I don't know if you guys do this. I go to a concert and I try to see what's going on between the the guys in the band. You know, I'm... I, you know, I see myself on the stage and what is it that, that's going on there. And then as a whole, you can tell if the vibe is good and everybody's getting along. And I'm sure that, you know, it's like anything in life. If you are projecting that beauty and that wonderful feeling, we're feeling it. And that's what I miss the most about, most about not being out and playing during COVID. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so we'll, so we just look for, Bill Palmer and Wayne Sutton on a ticket somewhere. Yeah, it. Where do you? Yeah, it, it's actually we're billed as Wayne Sutton and Bill Palmer for anyone who's looking us up. Okay. Yeah. Wayne Sutton and Bill Palmer. Okay, Sutton got the first one because I guess last time it just hurt well, age, for Pike and Sutton. Age, age, <laughs> well, age, age before beauty. Okay. <laughs> I love that. All right. <laughs> Talk to me about this O'Commentaro. <coughs> Wayne, you say what you 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 say something about it. Well, I didn't, I didn't write the song, but I, I can tell you when we wrote it. I mean, when we played it and recorded it, we finished, and I felt like it was the coolest recording that I've ever done. Wow! And I I still I still feel like that. Like I love it. It's so, you know, I grew up watching like John Wayne movies with my dad every Saturday. I mean, I, I tried to make my kid do it too, and he didn't go for it. <laughs> but just so there's so many parts of the guitar playing that's certainly informed by, you know, the at, at 54, I've decided that Lindsey Buckingham and Willie Nelson are like those are my kind of go-to guitar players. There you go. It doesn't mean I don't love Jimmy Page and Jimmy Hendrix, sure. and all the other guys, but I just feel like the people like, like Mark Knopfler. Lindsey Buckingham, Willie, like those are the guys. I feel like those were my fingers. That's where my fingers are going. So those are all people that I just grew up on, those sounds and that tones. And I, I feel like that song, the guitar is very informed by Willie. I get to sing a high harmony, which always gives me a thrill. And then over the solos, there's like a little, just a little ooze, some high ooze that I did that I feel like is so reflective of that. You know, there's always like a part in the cowboy movie 
like the nighttime where every, they're, by, they're by the fire and there's kind of that chill. You know, yep. that's like in the middle of every every good Western. And you can always kind of hear that background. It kind of re- there you go. It kind of reminds me of the Magnificent Seven or something. It gives that kind of feeling to it. And the song- well, I know this was a song that you wrote a long time ago, Bill. So tell me, um, tell me about that, what you were feeling when you wrote it, and how do you think it translated all these years later, the way you guys recorded? Well, I don't know if people know what Comancheros were, but uh, the Comanches would trade with the with the Gringos, but they didn't believe that they should lay eyes on a white person, and so they had these go-betweens that were Comancheros, which were like sort of the liaisons between the two cultures for trading. But a lot of times they were, they would be Comanche or, you know, Mexican or whatever. And, and so they, sometimes they were a little unsavory. And I, I was living out here in Terlingua, um, back in 2001, um, uh, with my, with my son and his mother. And at night, um, she would put the baby down and I would just sort of, it was pre cell phone and I would just kind of be hanging out in the darkness out here in the desert. And so my first plan was I would go get a 12 pack of beer and sit in my van and listen to Mexican AM radio. Cause that's all you could pick up out here. And so I like really got into some of these sounds that were happening, this sort of border sounds and stuff. And after a while I realized that that was getting boring and probably wasn't the best use of my time. And I started writing songs and Ocomanchero was one of the ones that came pretty much right away. And, uh, it, I, I'd actually recorded a record years and years ago with that, but the record never saw the light of day. So when we were discussing what songs we were going to do and being that Terlingua was our setting, I was like, this is a fitting, uh, soundscape for this type of place and this type of record. So, and Wayne agreed. So, well, it's a beautiful song and it's a beautiful message and you guys are just wonderful. I mean, I feel I feel so lucky that I got to know you guys on such this I, I don't know, I feel like I got to know you on a very personal level that yeah. I don't normally get to do and I think it's because you're so open to to share with us about how special this relationship is and not just musically like I said but just I I I have a feeling this is going to be one of those um things that we uh, you guys are going to be a couple guys we hear a lot from in the next decade or so and it's going to be a beautiful thing for me to say I knew them when they started so <laughs> I just got to tell you thanks for so much for doing the show today Thank you. and sharing your your music with us and your heart and I hope to have you guys come I, like I said, I've got a I've got a venue here in McKinney, Texas. It's about um, I think the suite numbers right around two two seventy. That's that way we can have nice you know little four top tables everywhere and and people sit in, and it's a listening room. I think it would be a perfect setting for you guys. So wonderful. Let's talk about how we can get you guys here. Yeah, it's a, it's in my old stomping grounds. I, I would love it. Well, you know, yeah. Patrice is going to be here on July twenty second. Uh-huh. And um, and I'm actually going to be playing that show with her. wasn't supposed to be that way, but the girl that was opening, Andrea McGee, is gonna. She's got to go back and get her her visa in Ireland. Oh yeah. So yeah. she she's like, I got to get it done. She's got some things she needed to accomplish, and so she needed to do that. But um, I would love to have you guys come and play and say when. I, I just know. I just know the way that I feel about it, everybody else is going to, too. And the music speaks for itself. But I think more than that, you guys are just a wonderful 
wonderful human beings. And I love that I got to get to know you like that. So we're going to play Old Common Cheryl right now. And if you guys are listening, please go get the record Terlingua with uh, Wayne Sutton and Bill Palmer and make it uh, make it a playlist because it really it really makes you feel good. I've been listening to it and uh, it it's taking me there and I've got to come now. I've never been to Terlingua, right. but I've got to come. You so, do. Uh, it's, it's, you, you've accomplished something there. So <laughs> thanks, guys. And Thank uh, you. we'll be right back right here on Texas Homegrown Music. Once again, I look forward to doing these shows every week and bringing you guys Texas-based artists just like Bill and Wayne. And I've got some others coming up as well next week. But before I talk about um, anything else, I want to tell you about a summer music series that Texas Homegrown Music is doing. I think you guys are going to want to be a part of. On July the 22nd, I've got Patrice Pike coming into the sanctuary, um, Guitar Sanctuary Music and Event Center right here in McKinney, Texas. And my band will be opening that show. So again, that's July 22nd. You remember 
remember Patrice Pike. She she played in the Dallas area for years in the early 90s. She moved to Austin. She'd been playing down there and, and touring all over the country. But I got her to come here for July 22nd, and we're actually going to play one of her songs with Wayne Sutton at the end of this show called Let the Music Get You High. We also have another show coming up on September the 8th, a band called Beetle Gras. And if you guys love Beetle, I mean, bluegrass music, you're going to dig this night. We've got Milo Deering, George Anderson, and Dave Walser who have gotten together. They've been touring all over England and Ireland, and they've been on the BBC, and they're coming back together to do this show, and I am going to be there, and you guys do not want to miss it. So Beetle Gras, they do Beatles music, but bluegrass versions in acoustic setting that is just amazing. And I know that um, Blue Songbird Jones is going to be opening up at that show. And if you guys don't know Songbird Jones, he played on our stage here this past week at the Texas Music Revolution. And what an infectious personality he is and what a great guy. And you're going to enjoy that as well. Then coming up on... September the 29th, we've got Madam Radar and Remy Riley opening that show. And I saw Madam Radar play the Kessler, and it was such an incredible show. I knew I had to get them. So they're going to be here on September the 29th. And you can get your tickets um, at our website, and I'll be also posting things on our Facebook. But um, you can go to our website, TexasHomegrownMusic.com, and we will have um, a way for you to, to link on getting tickets to those shows. So I hope to see you there. I look forward to that summer series and we'll be doing a lot more of those shows as well as um, we get through this year I'm so glad once again that's all opened up and people are out just celebrating the fact that we can see each other and experience live music once again so peace out everybody I love doing the show I love bringing you um, all of this great music and I also want to thank my sponsors for making it possible. Tupps Brewery, the Guitar Sanctuary, and Burris Injury Law. Remember to love life. You get out of what you put into it. And let the music get you high right now with Pike and Sutton. We'll see you next week. September.